If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. 55 days, 18 hours, 56 minutes, and 11 seconds, according to timeanddate.com from from Election Day. Of course, voting can take place sooner, but based upon the rhetoric that I'm hearing today, Based upon the rhetoric that I'm hearing, I think it's clear. Um, that's a, I mean, even if I didn't know that, based upon Trump calling Biden a quote stupid person <laughs> and uh, Biden calling Trump un-American, I would guess just based upon those terms in and of themselves that we are at this point of about 55 days, which is where we are. So I want to start there today. I want to start with President Trump speaking yesterday, um, and this this offends this offends the the left and the media. You know the the media, the left have called Trump an idiot, a moron, a, a what a, a Nazi. A, a, take your pick. I mean, they they've called him literally an operator of concentration camps along the southern border. Trump's been called everything in the world. Suddenly, the media is outraged over President Trump calling Biden a, quote, stupid person. Now, you know we're conservative, not bitter. But look, I mean, this is where we are in politics. This is, and, and it is going to get worse, and this is predictable and obvious. It shouldn't surprise anyone. It shouldn't be – I don't know. It shouldn't uh, – it, we should be prepared for this. We should be prepared for this. Here's President Trump <laughs> yesterday at a speech telling uh, Americans that Biden's a stupid person. Here it is. Listen. And I talk about it because today is Labor Day. It's a good time to talk about when we're being ripped off by countries, but nobody's even close to China. Biden cheered China's rise as a great power because great powers adhere to international norms in the areas of non-proliferation, human rights, and trade. Well, they didn't. They took advantage of stupid people. Stupid people. And Biden's a stupid person. You know that. You're not going to write it. But you know that. The cost of Biden's economic treachery was 60,000 shuttered American factories. And I hear this morning that the real number is probably 70,000. 70,000 shuttered American factories. And he's talking about how wonderful it is with China. Now, China's been very bad, on top of which we had the China plague sent to us. 
and other viruses, nothing near this area, but the swine. We had other viruses sent in over the years that came from China. I wonder why. If Biden wins, China wins, because China will own this country. If Biden wins, China will own this country. And hopefully you're not going to be able to find that out. It's the most important election in our history. Most important election in our history, Trump says. Biden's a stupid person because China took advantage of stupid people like Joe Biden, says Trump. Trump says that this is one of the things his administration's been working on fixing. It's one of the reasons the economy had had gone from this. Remember when when the Biden Obama administration, well, Bi, you know, Biden wants to connect his campaign to Barack Obama. He wants to he wants to be a part of the magic of the Obama campaign and the Obama administration. But when you do that, you've got to take the good along with the bad. Well, the the good is just the uh, you know just kind of the. I don't know, just the the campaign itself. And I don't mean good in a sense that it was good for America. I mean what they were able to pull off. They were able to get people to believe into a, you know, uh, believe a campaign that really still to this day, I don't know if we could identify what the hope and change, at least the average person couldn't, the hope and change that Obama had, um, I guess, energize people to to support. What exactly were they hoping for and what exactly were they hoping would get changed back in 2008? The average American would say whatever it was that they hoped would improve. But that's not what camp campaigns are really designed to have clear messages. That one's one of the more muddled, but it was executed very well uh, because of, well, just really how the Democrat Party operates it's again it's it sounds good there is a you know a good story the first black president and all this sort of stuff and there's no substance to this so you got that was the good part the good part was that there was no substance to the campaign but it was effective and they had those posters and they had this look and feel they had materials that just i mean it just excited individuals right it it got people ready to vote they didn't know really what for but they were excited to go to go do it back in 2008 anyway so biden wants to capitalize off of that connect with that but you also have to take the bad of the obama administration which includes by the way some really terrible awful times for the economy remember this they talked about the new normal where gdp would never grow more than what one or two percent or some such thing this was the new normal this was not obama's fault it wasn't anything due to policies they told us no 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 it can't be that instead it's just the new normal america the american economy had gotten to a point where there could only be a very small amount of growth and obama was doing the best that could be done until until President Trump came in, and we've seen numbers exceed what the quote-unquote new normal was. Now, we've seen tremendous uh, retraction in the economy since COVID, and I'm going to say if they're going to give President Trump the blame for those numbers, which they want to do, they want to blame all the COVID-related 
economic problems on President Trump, then I think when these next economic numbers come out, which I heard someone the other day say, be prepared for 20 to 30 percent growth in the what would it be the third the third quarter um, third quarter economic well the third quarter so if that's the case then we've got to give him credit for that as well would we not of course the media won't do this but I mean it's only logical and it's only fair to do that but Trump's out there saying on Labor Day that look if you want an economy that watched businesses and you know uh, factories and manufacturing shut down, move overseas, move outside the borders of this great nation to another to another country around the world, be it in Mexico or China or wherever. If you want to see more of that happen, then you should elect. He didn't say this, but you know, that's that's what Biden does. Biden and others like him, Trump says, are stupid because they negotiated some terrible trade deals for the average American worker. Biden's out there, by the way, getting support, getting support at least typically from from the American unions. And you find yourself scratching your head. I mean, what Trump's saying is actually pretty sound and, and accurate, which is Trump's the one that's reinvigorated reinvigorated manufacturing in this in this nation because of actions he's taken, which simply in many cases has been to do the opposite, to pull a George Costanza here, to do the opposite of, of Joe Biden, to do the opposite of the O'Biden-Bama administration, to do the opposite of the Bill Clinton administration, to do the opposite of, in many cases, even of the George Bush administration, to do the opposite of this. To do the opposite of this and see uh, the results, which are favorable and good. Which again, when you get down to it, what Trump has done, and again, the businesses here in this nation deserve credit. I mean, they've all the government does is create circumstances that are either helpful or harmful to businesses. We've been through this before. I don't fully and completely agree with the notion that Trump created jobs. That's not accurate. He creates conditions whereby jobs are more favorable or I guess you could say are more likely to be created. That's what Trump has been doing. The Democrats, the Democrats, those that negotiated things like NAFTA and so forth, they create scenarios whereby it is less likely for jobs to be created in the American economy. They create scenarios and circumstances and situations that are not really a two-way street. It hurts the American worker in some way, shape, manner, or form. And Trump says enough of that. Not doing that. It's stupid. People that do it are stupid. Joe Biden was one of them. And as you know, he's stupid. (laughs) So Biden said this, of course, upsets people in the media. Jim Acosta troubled by this. But again, I go back to the I go back to what I said at the beginning here, which is I, the idea the idea that they've not been calling Trump names pretty much since he walked onto the political stage is just patently absurd and ridiculous. Of course they have been. In fact, I've got a soundbite here that I'm going to play of Biden calling Trump uh, an idiot. This was from about a year ago. 
This was on, what was this on? Some CBS show, Joe Biden being interviewed. The, the air date of the interview was October 27th, 2019. Biden calls Trump an idiot. I don't remember any outrage over this. I don't remember any people being aghast over this. <gasps> Someone called the president of the United States an idiot. I don't remember any of that. This is, I think this is Nora O'Donnell. Is that who's interviewing him here? CBS? Joe Biden? I mean, listen for yourselves. Biden calls Trump an idiot. Russians are targeting you. The Russians don't want me to be president, and Trump doesn't want me, yeah. me to be the nominee. <laughs> There's yeah. certain things that have come across very, very clearly. I mean, how concerned are you about foreign interference in this election? I'm very concerned about foreign interference. Beyond me, everybody knows what's going on. Trump not only doesn't want to do anything about it, he's going out and asking for help. Come help me. Come help me defeat, yeah. keep Biden from being the nominee. It's ridiculous, by I the mean, way. How is he perpetuating it? Well, by encouraging them to, you know, to get involved in our elections. But President Trump says Russian interference is a hoax. <laughs> He's an idiot on terms of saying that. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows it. Nobody doubts it. There you go. Everybody knows it. Trump's an idiot. <laughs> I don't remember the outrage on this. And look, I mean, think what you will about this. I don't I don't go around doing this. But I will say this. When you step into the political fray, when you step into the political fray, you better be prepared. This is this is the most uh, <laughs> this is the most stepping into politics creates the circumstances whereby you're most likely to be criticized and attacked like this. This isn't for the thin skinned, this isn't for the Really for the mild-mannered, for people that go into it thinking those things. They usually get kicked in the teeth metaphorically. But this is this is politics. And I can tell based upon the, the names being thrown around that we are, in fact, about 56 days out from the election. 56 days out. And I can tell that based upon, <laughs> based upon the rhetoric here. And wait until it's about 31 days or 18 days out. Wait until that happens. Wait until, by the way, three weeks from the day, the first debate. I can't wait for that. Can't wait to see Biden. Oh, Biden's going to dominate Trump. That's the, Those are the expectations that are being set by many. Biden, I've actually seen people on social media talk about Biden being a master debater. I don't know what on earth they're watching. I don't know if they are, you know, just delusional, if it's wishful thinking, They'd been drinking before a particular tweet. I don't really know, but I do know that it's not living in reality. The idea that Biden is some formidable force as a debater is candidly laughable. And I think that here in about three weeks, for those who say those sorts of things, those that make those that make these sorts of predictions, they're in for a rude awakening because Trump is going to Go after Biden. I look forward to this, I mean, with eager anticipation. Eager anticipation. September 29th, first debates. By the way, Chris Wallace, I think, is doing that one. Anyway, long in this first segment here. Need to take a quick time out. Sit tight. We'll continue this discussion when we return. See you in just a minute.
headlines. I tell you what, New York Times headline here. More than ever, <laughs> Trump is casting himself as the defender of white America. President Trump made it clear over the last few days that, in his view, the country's real race problems is bias against white Americans. Just days after returning from Kenosha, Wisconsin, where he staunchly backed law enforcement and did not mention, didn't even mention the name of Jacob Blake, the black man capitalized, by the way, black man capitalized, capital B, Headline, White America, White is not capitalized. We talked about this. This is this is the new AP standard. The new AP standard. You capitalize black when referencing the race of an individual, which I got no problem with that. I, I just that's fine. But then you don't capitalize white. So the AP guidelines are actually racist, are they not? Why, why would you not capitalize white? What they say is we don't capitalize white because what that really says is that that it it, uh, it it endorses white supremacy because white supremacists capitalize the word white when referencing race. So we can't do it's so absurd. It led me to ask on this program before, do white supremacists use commas? And periods, do they capitalize letters at the beginning of the sentence? Do they, do they, I mean, take your pick. Do they capitalize cities and states? If so, we should probably stop doing that, AP. What do they, I mean, do they reference Joe Biden by name? Do they capitalize Joe Biden? If that's capitalized, then maybe we should make that lowercase. What about president? President Lincoln, President Trump, President Obama, President Obiden Obama, do they capitalize that? If so, maybe we should stop. We should stop doing that. But going back to the the article here, uh, President Trump did not mention the name of Jacob Blake, the black man shot seven times in the back by police. Mr. Trump issued an order on Friday to purge the federal government of racial sensitivity training that his White House called divisive anti-american propaganda pause by the way pause sensitive racial sensitivity training so a couple things here the new york times i love how the new york times and they'll defend this this is what they do they'll defend this because what they've said here jacob blake the man shot seven times in the back by police they'll say that's factual you know what and that is apparently from what we're being told factual but that's not the whole story, New York Times. In fact, that's not even the beginning of the story with Jacob Blake. By the way, Kamala Harris meets with Jacob Blake. What did she call? She said that she was proud of him. She was proud of him. Now, she said she was proud of him for, I don't know, being strong and fighting through this or some such thing. And I'm just thinking, proud of this guy. Did you not read or hear anything about what actually happened? I mean, we went through this in detail last week. Were you proud of him, Kamala, whenever he showed up uninvited at 6 a.m. or whatever time it was, I believe it was around 6 a.m., back in May at his his, uh, former girlfriend's house, the mother of his children's house, standing over her as she awoken, as she was awakened from her sleep, to have him standing over her 
in a threatening posture, asking about former boyfriends, or I guess current boyfriends, doing things that I won't even speak of on this program. Technically, if you follow the definition of rape, he's allegedly, based upon what she said in police reports, he raped her, allegedly. Was she proud of that? I'm, I mean, what the world is she proud of? Was she proud when he stole her car, uh, her keys and took the car? Was she proud of him whenever the, fi- the the charges were filed and the warrant was issued? She's a former prosecutor. Was she proud? Was she had been proud? Was she had been proud of people um, that she was seeking to detain and possibly charge? Well, they had been he had been charged, but actually prosecute for a crime. She go through the process of prosecution and determining or taking a case before a group of his peers to determine if this individual was guilty of the allegations made against him. Was she proud of of that? Was she been proud of someone else when she was California's district attorney? Is that it? Attorney general, I should say. Is that something to be proud of? Was she proud of him when he showed back up at her residence, uninvited, wasn't supposed to be there, violating, um, you know, violating restraining orders or whatever these documents that kept him from the premises were? Was she proud of him? Was Kamala Harris proud of him whenever he started fighting with police, when police showed up to take a guy away that wasn't supposed to be there, who had allegedly harmed sexually assaulted and possibly raped based upon the allegations was she proud of him at that point when he fought with police when he was tased by police when he still didn't comply with police was she proud of him then folks whenever we say whenever trump says that the democrats leading this country are for lawlessness they're not for law and order this is exactly what they mean she's proud Proud of how he's fighting through this. I just, it's just f- so foreign to the average person's way of thinking. She's proud of him. Proud of Jacob Blake. New York Times series says Trump didn't even mention his name. Police shot him in the back seven times. Don't mention any of those other things. And they'll stand by the reporting. Well, Todd, that's factually true. You see what we have here. We got to report facts. We got to make sure people know who Jacob Blake is. I think we do need to know who Jacob Blake is based upon the stories that we have not been told about him. We have entire leagues, sports leagues that I will don't ever care about watching again, have no interest, couldn't care less. But I see entire sports leagues wear names or T-shirts with his name written on it. Some of them come out so that they have one letter, J-A-C-O-B-B-L-A-K-E, right? And they stand waiting for them to get out of order. I have not seen them out of order yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. It was no, it's not much more mindless than what they're doing now. Spelling his name wrong on their T-shirts would be less, wouldn't that be that much different than what they're out there proclaiming now? The amount of thought put into this is literally near near zero. And you can – I mean it's terrible what happened. I feel terrible. But you know what? I, I feel terrible for the police officer. 
I feel terrible for the police officer. I feel terrible. I feel it's bad that Jacob Blake is paralyzed. Could easily be dead, by the way. And based upon what we've seen, may be completely justifiable. So why is that anyone's fault but Jacob Blake? Kamala Harris is proud of him. New York Times is out there saying Trump, more than ever, is now casting himself as the defender of white, lowercase white, America, while police shot black man, uppercase black, seven times in the back. New York Times continues. New York Times continues here. The president uh, then spent much of the weekend tweeting about his action, presenting himself as a warrior against identity politics. This is a sickness that cannot be allowed to continue. He wrote of such programs. Please report any sightings so that we can quickly extinguish. He reposted a tweet from a conservative outlet hailing his orders. Sorry, liberals. How to be anti-white? One hundred and one is permanently canceled. So coming out against identity politics is being is standing up is casting himself as the defender of white America. That's how that is how perverted and how just out of touch with reality the New York Times has become. I shouldn't say has become. This is who they are. They have no idea. They have no idea what it means to be unbiased. They have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea. They have a political agenda first and foremost. That's it. And I want to talk a little bit about this. I want to talk a little bit about uh, this Atlantic article as well, where Trump was uh, has been accused of saying that those um, taken as POWs were what losers and so forth. Those who died in battle, some such thing. It's anonymous sources. Anonymous sources, but we're now being told that we all know that this is true. We all know that this is true, according to David Frum. Uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse, and we're still eight weeks out. Buckle up. We've not seen anything yet. This is just the beginning of what we're about to witness and walk through here in the days and weeks to come. People rooting against the vaccine because it might be political. Biden out there saying he's hopeful that the vaccine is ready to go even if it hurts him politically give me a break give me a break he, he give me a break he won't even give us his cure for cancer until he's president anyway a lot to say about the state of our current political uh, affairs i guess the state of things politically here as we move headlong towards the 2020 election quick time out we'll come back and continue you're listening to conservative not bitter talk i am your host todd huff back here in just a minute welcome back you know i was thinking during the break you know back in 2008 I remember this. I had someone ask me, sincerely ask me, about who I was voting for and whether or not this person, you know, th- this person was worried about voting for, voting against Obama because Obama was black. And I said, well, don't vote against him because he's black. And I said, I think voting against him because he's black and and voting for him because he's black are both really bad ideas. 
I think you should vote for the guy or vote against the guy based upon what you know the guy wants to do. And I stand by that. But there was such a power to that. I know – look, I fully admit there were people that voted against him because he was black. I understand that. But there were people who voted for him because he was black too. There were people who thought it was time for America to have a a black president. And having a black president being able to do that, I've said before, is a good thing. I've said that many times before. That is a good thing. It's shown that we have made progress. They deny this. The the left denies this. The media denies this. That's why we have these these things that uh, Trump is trying to stop, critical race theory, the 1619 Project, and all this sort of stuff that says basically America is a slaveocracy, a slaveocracy. It's built as a white. It's built as a white supremacist nation, and so forth. And so we have literally Trump trying to stop these things, and by trying to stop these things, he's now become. They say. The first – what's the New York Times? I, I, I read this during the, during the break here. New York Times in that article, that stupid article I was referencing here last segment, says not in generations has a sitting president so overtly declared himself the candidate of white America. What makes him the candidate of white America? Well, it's purging federal agencies of teaching the critical race theory. Looking at an article on Breitbart here. Critical race theory alleges that, among other things, the U.S. is a white supremacist country and that all white people are guilty of racism, whether they intend it or not. Just a couple of the beautiful ideas that are set forth by the critical race theory that Trump is saying, look, we're not going to have this sort of stuff in the federal government. So the New York Times takes that. Trump's going to stop the critical race theory from being taught. In the federal government, and they they make that into Trump being uh, trying to stop racial sensitivity training in the federal government because it's quote as Trump says divisive anti American propaganda. Well, that's true. See, folks, we're having we are having this cultural battle, this historical battle. Most people don't even know. I mean, have any reference of, of what they're talking about? They're being fed this stuff. By the radicals, by the Black Lives Matter crowd who are candidly and openly admitting to be Marxists. And so we have the makings of a of a revolution here. We have the makings, we have the the underpinnings, we have the foundation for revolution. I mean, folks, if it is true that this is a white supremacist nation. That is a slaveocracy, and it has been since 1619, as folks are saying more and more loudly, more and more uh, consistently. If that's true, if that's true, then that system that stands to reason needs to be turned over. There needs to be a revolution to break away from that, does there not? I mean, the answer would be yes. The problem is, the problem is that that's not exactly who America is, even in its look, this, this battle is for the heart, mind and soul of America. If we lose this battle, if we lose this battle, you can mark my words, you can etch them in stone. The solution that they will come up with 
is that the United States needs to be some sort of a socialist country. Bernie Sanders is going to give two thumbs up to whatever solution they come up with, the, this revolutionary movement. They believe that they, that they are justified in revolution. Revolution meaning a coup d'etat. Revolution meaning a takeover and a restructuring of our government, destroying the very bedrock principles. I know it's it's nutty to think about this, but folks, we have this at our doorstep on the ballot in 2020. We really do. Trump's saying Trump's being accused of not caring about racial sensitivity training in federal office, which are federal agencies and so forth, which that's a whole other thing altogether. But if you look at the particulars about the type of the type of racial sensitivity training that says all white people are racist, does that seem does that seem reasonable to you? All white people are racist. <laughs> Some people unfortunately agree with that. That to me seems like a pretty blatant and clear racist uh, racist statement to begin with. All white people are fill in the blank. Um, probably going to be a racial racist statement. Just saying. But yet this is what we do. And then the New York Times sanitizes that to say Trump doesn't care about racial sensitivity. Trump's Trump's positioning himself to be the you know white America's president. Well, if being white America's president means that you put an end to these silly, ridiculous uh, sorts of ideas, if you say the federal government is not going to participate in this divisive, destructive sort of thinking, then I then he should be proud of that. That's what it means now to be white America's president in the eyes of the New York Times. If you stand against silly, insane, just ridiculous sort of ideas and you know teachings and so forth, you're considered a racist. You're considered to be a president that seeks the approval of only white people. What about sane people? What about people who say, look, I know that racism exists, but I also know that not every white person is, is, is racist because they're white. What about those folks? There's a lot of those folks. Unfortunately, those folks are they're trying to usher them into the into the ideology, the belief that says all white people are racist. It's silly stuff, it's dangerous stuff, but yet it's what's being taught. And Trump's being accused of being just white America's president for trying to stop this sort of thing. It's silly. It's incorrect what they're the allegations. They're maligning this president yet again. It's one of the reasons why he calls them the fake news media. Fake news, folks. Dishonest people back here with these cameras and microphones, and he's right. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. So... I want to get to, I haven't talked about this yet, but I want to talk about this article in The Atlantic late last week. This article that um, accused President Trump of calling fallen service members, what, losers, and I'll get to the article. There's another phrase um, that he is alleged, has been alleged to have used. He denies this vehemently. 
He denies this vehemently, and they've cited, they, the Atlantic, cites um, anonymous sources, good old anonymous sources for this. And so this becomes the narrative. Trump doesn't have respect for his service members, calls people who have been fallen in battle losers and, and other names and now we're being told that everyone knows this, and I want to go through this a little bit next hour. I just don't have time to do this this hour, but that's okay. We will be on YouTube, hour number two on YouTube, oh, about 7.03, three minutes at the top of the hour, which is about right at 12 minutes from now. So we'll pick that up there, but I wanted to get to that as well today. I simply cannot because of the time available yet this hour so we'll pick that up next hour this atlantic article the accusations the narrative pieces that have been written since then saying one by david Frum in particular saying we all knew this everyone knows this everyone knows trump thinks this is about the military now we've got people on twitter that are coming out as as supporters of Biden and Democrats and they're tweeting pictures of their of themselves in their military uniforms whether they're they're veterans or whether they're current military so we have this whole kind of subplot I guess developing here as we move towards election day which is a mere 56 days away 8 weeks from the day is election day so we'll talk about that next next hour. I can't do that this hour simply because of time. Got to take one more break, come back and wrap up this hour, and then we'll talk about that Atlantic article at the beginning of next. So sit tight. You're listening here at the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. As we prepare next hour to talk about this article in The Atlantic and to talk about this narrative that Trump is anti-military, that Trump doesn't care about the military men and women, the heroes who have stood and defended this great nation. When we talk, as I, as I set that up here in the final moments of this hour, I want to say this. I want to say that one of the things the left does – they project quite well, number one. They project quite well. And they also – it's a combination of projection but also going after you for your strongest uh, – going after Republicans, I should say. Going after you as well, going after us. They'll attack us where we're strongest, meaning Trump it, – it's clear that Trump is a very pro-military president, and he's not a pro-war president. I mean, it's clear the things Trump said about about war. He's not in favor of endless, unnecessary wars, but he's completely prepared to use our military when necessary. That's obvious as well. But they attack you where you're strongest. They don't attack you where you're weakest. They attack you where you're strongest. And so now Trump's actually having to, I guess, defend himself against uh, being someone that calls the military heroes, men who have sacrificed, losers allegedly. So we'll talk about that next hour. So thanks for listening here. SDGC and few.